Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, talking about all things England against India. And joining me today, as per always, are the uh, fan badgers. We have various fan badgers on the uh, Cricket Badger podcast. Some of them are representing England, some of them are representing India, and some of them are a little bit more neutral when it comes to discussing the cricket across the five-test match series. Obviously, the first test at Trent Bridge was a draw, rather unsatisfactory in the end with the uh, rather damp nature of the weather, but it looks as if the weather forecast for Lords is a little bit finer and uh, hopefully we get a very good game. We've got a lot to talk about today because there's been a lot happening today. But pleased to say I'm joined, as you can see, by Mark, Neil and Raj to talk about uh, all things India, all things England as we head into the Lord's Test match. Let's start with you, Raj. Um, I mean, you've been watching the news today and it reminds me a little bit about India, uh, you know, India in Australia when they were basically down to almost the third team and still won that series. I'm not saying England are going to win this series with a third team, but we've seen, obviously, at the start of this series, Ben Stokes was out. We saw Chris Wokes out. Jeff Archer was out. Ollie Stone was already out. Um, and now we've got the injury news with Stuart Broad. Um, he's definitely out of the second test. And Jimmy Anderson, 50-50. Um, it's not a particularly healthy place for England to be in at the moment, is it? Not a good place for England to be in. But at the same time, if you look at the positive, then, you know, India has done that in the Border Gavaskar Trophy. 
where they had their depleted side and went on to win the series. So if England has to take some inspiration, you know, they have to look at the recently concluded Border Gavaskar Trophy and go with that mindset in this series. And definitely, you know, every uh, adversity, you know, presents with an opportunity, which I think Mark also put out in our WhatsApp group that, you know, it's an opportunity for all these young English players to show that, you know, they are very good at the highest level. And uh, definitely exciting competition. And uh, India would not take these newbies for granted because, you know, they present some sort of unknown quantity with them. And Saqib Mahmood is in tremendous form. And even Overton, Ollie Robinson is looking good. So this definitely is an exciting series to watch out for, even with these greats, you know, knocking out of injury. Well, Raj, you're one of our Indian fan badges. Neil is as well. Um, Neil, um all kinds of stats coming out about the partnership between Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson today. I think it's 2012 since they last missed a, or neither featured in a test match for England. I think it's 2007, 14 years ago, since it was actually a an enforced situation. I think in 2012, they missed because they were just being rested because it was a dead rubber. Um, are we seeing the end? Are we getting a bit of a flavour of the end? I mean, we keep talking about Jimmy being 39, Stuart Broad not being too far behind him. Ultimately, we're going to see the end of them. This is a bit of a taste, isn't it? Potentially, yeah. And it finally gives an opportunity uh, to some of the people who've been waiting in the wings. Um, it seems almost uh, cruel that the first time that both of them are out, then Chris Wokes is also injured because he's been waiting for his opportunity to get a prolonged um, run with England for a long time. And those two being so good for so long has has really stopped that happening. But it's a huge opportunity for the new people. Saqib has been excellent in the white ball games that I've seen him in. I haven't really seen him for Lancashire before. Um, Ollie Robinson has had a brilliant start to his England career. Uh, Sam Curran, well, I never know what you're going to get with Sam, but he certainly loves playing against... Uh, against India. Um, and then question of who else? Um, Mark Wood, potentially, um, especially as a point of difference, if Lords is expected to be a little bit slower, a little bit drier. Um, and, well, I mean, the the news that broads out for the whole series, initially we thought it was just this one game, but the fact that it's that bad means that possibly Wood will come in and then Maybe the next test, there's a bit of a break, but there's a lot of back-to-back tests which England very careful about managing his workload through. So, who knows? Uh, Craig Overton has been carrying drinks and whatever some of, uh, some of us feel about him personally um, has been churning out great performances in the county championship for a couple of years now. He may get a chance. There was someone who said... Um, and it might have been on our group that it'd be very, very unlikely for um, for either team to play the same attack all the way through. It does seem a shame that it's been enforced. And I think Anderson will be the big loss because he's always been someone that Joe Root can turn to when things aren't going quite right and seems to be able to magic out a couple of wickets. He did it in uh, in Chennai. Earlier this year, he's done it on numerous occasions in the past. And we saw what happened in the Ashes last time round where Anderson got injured early into the series. And maybe the attack was a little bit lost. 
uh, in comparison to how it normally is with him out. So it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. One thing uh, that um, I'm reminded of is that in our preview pod, I noted that it's always the new bowlers that uh, run. I was going to ask you that because you, you, made, you made the comment that there was that new, <laughs> um, the unknown factor that always scuppers India. It's potentially now a few unknowns, aren't there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't seen a lot of many of these bowlers um, in recent times. Uh, even Sam Curran doesn't play a huge amount of Red Bull anymore, and rarely gets a, uh, a role uh, in the test team. So there won't be that level of um, background that uh, the analysts can do and help people out. So there may be a lot of uh, learning on their feet for the Indian batters. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Well, Stuart Broad definitely out. Anderson is uh, about 50-50, I think, is it? But I mean, you're not going to mark. If you've got an Anderson at 39, he was 50-50 ahead of the second test match of you know, five test match series. Are you going to risk him if, he, if he's that um, that doubtful? Um, well, Jim Anderson is a very special player. Um, so I think we'll give him every chance to be fit. But if he's 50-50, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um... I wouldn't risk him at all when there's uh, no free test matches to come. Um, I've got a lot of faith in the bowlers that are going to step up. I mean, personally, I would have liked to see him wood in the side anyway because I think he, the pitch at Lords will be slow, will be dry. He's he's one of the bowlers, um, Mark. Who I mean, we're talking about forty-two days across the, from start to finish of this five test match series. As Neil said, we were never going to really see all of the pacemen playing all of the games. And Mark Wood, somebody they're wrapping cotton wool a little bit anyway. But this is the um, time to feed him on raw meat and shove him out there, isn't it? Yeah, I think the pitch, you know, you need someone with a bit of pace at large, I think, uh, with the type of pitch we're going to get there with the sun out. You know, he can reverse swing it at pace. Um, he's, a, he's a much improved bowler, Wood, than he was a few years ago. So I have no issue with Wood. I would have played Wood anyway, anyway instead of Broad. Um, personally. So keep mood. I think he's ready. Um, I mean, I've watched him at Lancashire. I mean, I'm a, a Lancashire member. I've watched him develop over time. He's a superb bowler. He can swing it. He can bowl at pace. He can bowl dry if you need him to. You know, he's adaptable. He doesn't get phased by occasions. And he always seems to be in rhythm. He's one of those bowlers when he's fit. He just goes out there and plays. He's got a superb action. So when he comes back from white ball to red ball for lengths, it never seems to affect him in any way, shape or form. He, he was somebody, Mark, that we were talking about on our WhatsApp group. Um, at some stage, you were going to have to give him a chance in this series because 
he's on the plane to Australia, surely, uh, and could feature quite heavily in Australia. He's he's got that kind of ability that on foreign surfaces he could be just as dangerous. He's I think he's added to his pace. I've I've always been impressed by him, but he looks to have gone up a level this season. Yeah, I mean, he stayed fit for a couple of years now, so he, and he's maturing as a bowler. I mean, he bowls at Old Trafford, which is a very abrasive wicket anyway, and it's very dry. So he's he's had to learn how to use his skills to get wickets on those particular tracks. So, and as you say, he should be he's got to be on that plane to Australia because they're going to need somebody like him out there to be able to compete um, to compete with them. So. You know, it's exciting having these new bowlers. And as, as you say, I mean, there, is, there, there was going to come a time when Broad and Anderson were going to not play. It's just unfortunate as it looks as though it might be tomorrow. But it's a great opportunity. And as I was saying on the podcast the other night, I'm also pleased that they've actually got a spinner in the side. Um, I'm surprised it's mowing. But got, as I said the other, the, other, the other night, if you go in there with a four-seam attack, they're going to come up short at some point. We'll come, we'll come back to Moen in a second, Mark, because um, I think there's there's a few things to talk about with Moen Ali. But Raj, the, um, for India, obviously sitting in their dressing room watching or their hotel watching this happen and this unfold, you know, coming into a series, they're always going to talk about Jimmy Anderson, yeah. they're always going to talk about Stuart Broad, Joffre Archer, Chris Wokes. The list is almost endless of people that are missing from this. Is there a danger for India that they might switch off a little bit and think job done because this is a B team now for England or they need to stay focused, don't they? No, I don't think uh, they'll move away from the focus. So they have a tough task ahead and they know that the likes of Sakib Mahmood, Ollie Robinson was excellent in the first test. And the kind of depth that England has, I don't think they'll lose focus as such. They would be as focused as they are. But definitely, you know, the likes of uh, Stokes, Anderson, Wokes and all these frontline English pacers missing out, India would uh, sense a chance of a historic series win. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty much the, the, the frontline pace attack of England is sitting on the sidelines now. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, India knows that, you know, they have a task cut out. Uh, four test matches still to go. Lords is a place, you know, where they have not enjoyed success as much as the other venues in England, especially Nottingham. So definitely they would take one test at a time and see how it goes. And knowing, you know, Virat and his men, you know, they would be raring to go. They would want a sniff at England and they would want uh, to win against England at Lords, especially and go 1-0 up in the series rather than focus on, you know, who's missing and who's not playing. Something to mention to the people watching this at the moment. Obviously, we used, we're used to doing an audio podcast, uh, and today we're doing the video thing as well. But if you make a comment on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, or the YouTube page, I will see it. So if you want to ask any questions or make a comment as we go through today, um, feel free to. Claire, who is usually a regular on our IPL um, coverage, says, the first time I've seen your lovely faces which uh, well, I'm not quite sure how much tongue-in-cheek that is. And she also says that India will refocus, which I think she's quite right with that too. Um, and Neil, are going to have to, aren't they? I mean, this is, I always thought this was going to be a tight series. In English conditions, I think it is the leveller um, between these two. Um, in swinging conditions, India are potentially vulnerable. They'll be a little bit um, aggrieved as well. I mean, England could have quite easily won that first test match, but I think India would have probably thought they were favourites on that final day. Um, not to be 1-0 up. They'll be a bit aggrieved about that coming into Lords. So they do need to kind of get their minds right. I don't think that'll be as much of a, an issue individually because there are question marks um, or poor form beho- behind a lot of our top order. Um, Rohit's 
Um, it's his second uh, major series abroad, um, and he got a load of starts in Australia, but didn't really kick on. KL has come in as the fourth or fifth choice opener, and he's got a great start, but he knows that he's mm. got to continue to cement it. Um, spoken about Pujara, Kohli, and Rahane, um, averaging in the mid-20s over the last year and a half now. I know that we haven't played the volume of test cricket due to COVID, uh, and also it's a small sample size, but there are those question marks um, as well. So do you think that, I don't uh, think a lack of focus will be an issue. Do you think the Kohli Pajara, um, to a lesser extent, Rahani slump, if you like, for one of a better phrase? I mean, Virat's averaging less than half of his career average in the last 18 months. Do you think that is down to the, the pandemic and the, the bubbles and the pressures that are on players? I mean, Virat's obviously had a child in that time as well. You know, I taken off the ball a little bit with that potentially, but the bio bubbles have always been hard to deal with and that can lead to a slump and that's understandable. I think I, I mentioned it more in terms of a reduced volume um, over which uh, we're, we're taking these averages. But Coley's played a few absolutely blinding knocks. It's just that he's um, he's caught root disease um, and kept going out between fifty and hundred. Uh, he looked. I tell you, I tell you what. A lot. Of, I wish a lot of the other English batsmen would catch the root <laughs> disease. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that we used to complain that Joe Root would easily get to 50 and then uh, and then gets out. Um, it's uh, f- first world problems uh, and all <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But he looked, he looked brilliant in, in Adelaide before he got run out. He scored two absolutely masterful 60s or 70s against England um, uh, in the last tour where uh, in Chennai we had a huge total to chase and a large time to um, to bat out um, and then the pitches fell apart um, en masse um, he's he's looked good um, and getting a first baller against Jimmy Anderson that quality of ball it's it's like when I've spoken about the 36 all out when it's that good you don't beat yourself up as much um, if you've done something particularly stupid that's when you start worrying about your technique. And, you, you could, you could and see from Virat's res- response to that. When Virat gets out early, he kind of looks like he can't believe it. He almost looks like he's questioning the decision and it riles a few people, but he's just basically in disbelief, isn't he, that he's got out early. And I've said to you before on this podcast that I think that shows his quality, that he was good enough to nick that. Because there's that saying, isn't there, that you know he's not quite good enough to edge that because that's a cracking ball. He was good enough to get the outside edge of his bat on. He's a, he's a class act, Virat. Oh, absolutely. And I think that ball would have got anyone out, especially um, first ball. I think it had got you out if you're already on 120. Odd, it was just absolute perfection. And that that's something that England will miss. I mean, to bring two balls of that quality against Pajara and Coley consecutively um, is something that, however good the, the support acts, as they are at the moment, are, mm. then you're going to miss that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the X factor that they've got. The likes of a Joffre or a Jimmy or a Stuart Broad have the ability to change the game, don't they, in, in three or four overs, and that's where England may be searching for the, you know, the second string. Mark, let's um, look to the England 11, potentially, in this Lord's Test match. I mean, I, 
I did an 11 that I'd heard on the grapevine the other day. Um, whether it was going to be Bairstow at three or Pope at three, I'm not quite so sure. But they were, it was Sibley out, it was Lawrence out, um, it was, I can't remember who else was going away, but Burns was in, Hamid was going to open with him, Pope or Bairstow at three, Root at four, um, Pope or Bairstow at five. Um, and then you had um, Butler at six promoted, Mo and Ali coming in at number seven, then the likes of Jimmy uh, et al and the bowlers making up the numbers. But you look at the admission, yeah, with um, Moen coming in, and there's no guarantee he's going to play. They brought him into the squad. There's no guarantee they're going to play. And they look at the pitch first. But with Jimmy Anderson and, and Stuart Broad missing out, does that maybe alter um, the number of changes you ideally want to make as, as the England selectors? Because you want to try and keep some kind of continuity. Yeah, it's a difficult balancing act, I think. Um, they want to make some changes to the batting, regardless of whether... Anderson and Broad are out because, you know, if you don't get the runs, you ain't going to win the test match. So so they're going to make some changes. Um, I don't think... Um, I think Sibley will keep his place. Um, I do. I think Sibley will keep his place. Um, he'll hang on in there for this test match. He batted a long time last time. You know, this idea of going around that he likes batting with the root. And I don't think it's fair to either Bearstow or Polk to bat them at three. Uh, certainly not Pope in the, where he's in his career. And you know, Bairstow should be batting at five. He started at five. Bairstow's got to stay at five because you bring him back in. And I I always think with Bairstow, he's been messed about. He's gone up and down the order. He's had the gloves and had not had the gloves. He deserves, after 75 test matches, to have a bit of a run at number five to see what he can do with it. And if he, if he doesn't quite crack it, then that might be the end of Bairstow in test cricket. But if he does, he's definitely got the ability there. With Ollie Pope, though, Mark, um, Zach Crawley's obviously been opening. He's been at number three. I know he does that in county cricket, but it's almost like they've asked Zach Crawley to put his big boy boots on and bat in the top three and make a fist of it. They'll do the same with Hasip Hamid as, a, as another youngster. But with Ollie Pope, they seem to have shielded him further down the order. He bats at number four for Surrey. Is it is it time with Ollie Pope to actually say... You're a batsman, you know, put put your big boy pants on now and actually look like a batsman and go up the order. Um, personally, I would say no at the moment. Um, he's had quite a few injuries. He hasn't had a lot of cricket. He's, his confidence is relatively fragile. He hasn't had a lot of big scores recently. He could come off a, a pretty kind of torrid time in India. Um, so I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put that pressure on him. And I think they should learn from what's happened to Zach Crawley a little bit. And that's the reason I don't think they will drop Sibley tomorrow. I think they'll go with Sibley Burns, Hanamid at three. And they will put Pope in for Lawrence and keep Bairstow at five, in my opinion. Um, and I think if England had a if England had a functioning opening partnership where you could say, well, at least they're going to bat for 16 overs mm. or 17 overs, you might say, well, I might chance Pope at three, or I might chance Bairstow at three, but you know they could be out there after five balls, and you know it's just they just haven't got that confidence, and I think that's why they'll have Hamid at three because Hamid essentially is an opener, um, he should really be opening, he's an opening bat, but um, so I think they make two changes. I think Lawrence will go out the side, I think Crawley will go out the side, and I think Pope um, Pope will obviously come in with Hamid. Um, but they will keep him in the middle order. And that, as I think, is the right decision to keep him in the middle order and get the specialists at the top. You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast.
Looking at 2021, Joe Root has scored, I think, 1,064 runs. He, he tops the, the charts for all countries um, at the start of this calendar year. The next best for England is down in the 300s. I think uh, actually Dan Lawrence is second now. Dom Sibley not far behind him in third. But they are a long, long way behind him. And that, that start perfectly sums up where England are, doesn't it? I think Dan Lawrence is averaging 27 this season or this year. Um, Dom Sibley's averaging in the low 20s this year. Um, Joe Root's nearly 60. It's just chalk and cheese and there's so much pressure on... Uh, I mean, I've got a huge amount of admiration for Joe Root that he's captaining this side. He goes out to bat and he continues to do what he does because he's getting no help from the other end of tour, Mark, is he? No. I mean, we, we, we've spoken about it on previous podcasts and, and that's why they brought Ali back into the side because they can't trust the batting. Uh, they're petrified of the top six continually failing apart from Root. And that's why Leach can't get a game. You know, if they had a functioning batting order, then you then Leach would obviously get a game. They wouldn't have brought Moe back. Um, but they, you know, they just can't trust the top six. And it, obviously, Root is doing everything apart from the probably, probably even doing the washing up in the dressing room. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, we can, England's batting, we can talk about it forever, can't we? But, you know, it's become a little bit of a lottery. It's almost like they're kind of picking bags out of, um, you know, they're picking balls out of a bag at times and just hoping something comes up. I mean, for some, you know, Hamid himself, there's a lot of pressure on that young man tomorrow. I know he scored a few runs for knots, but they are still taking a bit of a punt on him being back to his best. Especially when everybody's expecting something from him because he's been seen as the next in line. He's been seen as the solution to the problem. You know what social media is like. You know how people behave when somebody fails. If um, Hasib gets out for a low score tomorrow, it'll be, well, he's just the same as everybody else. And people will instantly dismiss him, won't they? Yeah, and he, I mean, you have to look as well. He, he has got two centuries this year. Those but those two centuries came against Worcester in the same game on a one of the flattest wickets you could imagine against a, a Division Two attack. So we shouldn't be building him up too much. I really hope he goes out there tomorrow if he gets his goal and scores a load of runs, because I think he's a, you know, when I watched the Lanks, he was a great player, but we shouldn't be putting too much pressure on the boy um, because he's, he's, re- he's slowly rebuilding his career and he's going into the firing line at Lords in a second test tomorrow, probably. So, you know, we've got to make sure he gets an extended run if they want to, you know, if they want to get the best out of him. Yeah, I should always think that. I think it's a massive step up from county cricket to test cricket as well. And you need to give people the, the chance to kind of get used to the those the rungs on that ladder. Raj, last time India played at Lords, um, August 2018, they got absolutely battered. Um, it was a defeat by an innings and 159 runs. They were bowled out for 107 in the first innings, five for 20 from Jimmy Anderson. They were bowled out for 130 second time around. Anderson getting another four wickets, Broad getting another four wickets. There's a common theme as well to the England Stars in that test match because Chris Wokes got 137 um, in England's uh, in England's first innings, three hundred odd, um, they're all missing, as we've already said. But um, not the happiest of memories for, the, for a lot of the players there. The last time they're at Lords, they'll be keen to get rid of that when there's a as a bit of a monkey on their back. And as a fan, also, you know, I would want to get over that game because I travelled thousand miles from Stockholm just to watch <laughs> that day. So it was day three at Lords, and I think Chris Wokes scored a century, and England was some hundred for five. And I was elated because Shami got us back into the game. He picked up three quick wickets in that session. And then you were just hoping that you know, India would turn 
the game over its head. But then, you know, Kuldeep Yadav, I think, played that game and he had a horrible game. Uh, we were surprised about his inclusion in that uh, Indian test side, especially in overseas conditions. And then it just went down from wrong to wrong and Chris Wokes scored a brilliant century in India. We got absolutely hammered. I want to raise that memory, uh, especially as well as a fan. But uh, this time, you know, everybody would be keen to go. Uh, Kohli hasn't done great in Lords as well. He would also want to get into that honours board as fast as possible. And India has a great chance now that, you know, Broad is out. Anderson is looking 50-50. So they have, they definitely have a great chance. They would want want to erase the memories of 2018 as fast as possible. I made a comment on Twitter um, this morning, Raj, when I knew that Stuart Broad was going to be missing at least this test match. Because um, his next test match, whenever it is, will be his 150th test match. And I said, real shame for him. Obviously, to celebrate at the home of cricket would have been quite special for him. And I still I'll st- I still see Lords as, as very special, despite the fact that his ticket prices for this test match are absolutely obscenely priced. Um, do you see that as, a, as an Indian fan? I mean, I, I get the impression that overseas teams coming to England always look at Lords and always look at the honours board. <laughs> very favourably indeed. But there does seem to be a, a, a growing sort of trend in England that people see it as a little bit snooty um, and a bit archaic in, in some of the practices there. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Lords is the home of cricket and, you know, we've grown up seeing the Lords as pinnacle of where every cricketer wants to play in Lords. And especially, you know, you watch, uh, you go to the interiors of India and, you know, you ask any budding cricketer if you want to play test cricket for India, they would say, yeah, I want to play test cricket for India and want to represent India in Eden Gardens and especially Lords. So these are historical venues and, you know, every cricketer wants to uh, get their name attached to the honours board. Uh, Coming to Broad, you know, it would be unfortunate for Broad that, you know, he would not get to play his 150th test at Lords. But, you know, it's uh, he, he would be presented that opportunity soon. And maybe, you never know, maybe he gets to play his 150th test in Boxing Day uh, against Australia. So oh, The Australians will love that, won't they? They'll, they'll give him a rousing reception. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's better than that. Uh, if it's the first test of the Ashes, uh, isn't that at the Gabba where um, the Brisbane uh, paper printed all those stories after his... Uh, is not walking and uh, um, he got so much abuse that he would love to turn up on his 150th at the Gabba and uh, and take a five for just to rub their noses in it. I, I think actually that suits both parties and the Australians will love to give him begrudging respect and a load of abuse. And um, Stuart Broad, quite, I think he quite revels in that, in that kind of atmosphere. I think he would uh, probably titillate him. Uh, a little bit. Neil, when you were a, a youngster growing up and you had aspirations to be a Test match star, which have obviously faded into the dim distant past, um, was Lord special for you? Old Trafford first, because um, I uh, I joined my secondary school about a year or two after Mike Atherton had left and he'd been uh, captain there. Old Trafford was the first ground that I went to to watch uh, watch cricket. But yeah, I mean, Lords, MCG, Eden Gardens—they—they're they're like the the three cathedrals of of cricket, aren't they? And if you succeed in each of those, then you've done well with your career. Um, so it it would be, you know, it'd be amazing for any player. But then I saw on Twitter someone talking about taking a tour around Lords and um, 
an Indian fan and um, the guide asked, you know, who, who's missing from the honours board? And Sachin, Lara, Callis. Uh, you can do all right uh, without quite covering that, uh, yeah. uh, that little uh, pinnacle. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Moen Ali, um, coming back into the side, hasn't played a red ball game since February in Chennai um, and this is where my hackles start to rise a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously anti the 100, that's been well documented but that aside, having a, a, an English summer where the four-day stuff, the Red Bull County Championship stuff, has its last day on the 11th of July and then a gap before they play again until the 30th of August when you've got an A-list test match series against arguably the best side in the world. And test match cricket is the pinnacle of the game as far as I'm concerned. And I'm sure everybody watching and listening to a various degree would agree with me on, on that as well it just seems ridiculous um neil that there is no because we usually go through a summer or we used to go through a summer if a batsman was starting to struggle or a bowler was starting to struggle there would be a james vince scoring a, se- a century for hampshire or an adam Lythe getting 257 for yorkshire and they would automatically start to be in the conversation there's nobody able to do that at the moment because everybody's just coming out the t20 blast and some of them aren't playing at all and some of them are in the hundred Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just absolutely shambolic scheduling. Um, what are your thoughts on on the hundred? And you know, I've got f- very strong feelings about it. Um, I don't think that there's space for the four formats um, to run separately as premier competitions. But surely you schedule it so that you're playing like for like domestically and internationally. So if you play the Blast as a feeder development competition to the 100, play them at the same time, at the same time that England are playing international white ball cricket at home, then when you get injuries, when you get the need for a completely new squad due to, due to COVID, um, or when someone's just playing so far out of their skin in a particular format, then get called up to the international team and fit straight in because they're already playing that type of cricket. Mm. So the test series should be played at the same time as the county championship because, as we've seen, I mean, we've got how many? Four, five, six um, injury dropouts um, with England. I mean, it's not just about call-ups either. It's, it's the chance to send Zach Crawley back to Kent and say, get some runs and show us what you can do and get back into form for maybe later in the series, isn't it? You know, you've got it. It works both ways. Mark, do we, are we reaping what we sow? Are the ECB reaping what they sow in terms of, obviously they've brought the hundred in. They want to give it as big a platform as possible, but it's basically meant everything else has been shunted out of the way, isn't it? Yeah, of course they're reaping what they sow. I mean, you know, the, the concentration on white ball cricket over the last, five or six years has been immense. Um, you know, the marginalisation of the championship into April and to September on iffy pitches, there's nothing to develop young players because young players need to play on good pitches where they can trust the techniques and develop them. So we're not developing young batsmen. 
Um, particularly batsmen. The bowlers seem to be seem to be getting bowlers through reasonably okay. But uh, of course, you read what you sow. You just you know you make your priorities, and then and then obviously everything else follows from that. I think going forward, Root has called for a, a re kind of look at the schedule for next year today. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Mark. Knowing Rooty a little bit, he knows exactly what he's doing with that interview as well. He isn't the sort of person that chest thumps and bangs his fists on the table. For him to have said that to the press means he thinks he feels quite strongly about that. And I feel for Joe Rootmark at the moment because this is a big year for him. We've come off um, New Zealand series, come off the India away series. Obviously, he did well in Sri Lanka. But this Indian at home, Australia away part of his career as a test captain is pivotal. It's almost like the defining moments of his, his tenure as captain. And he's been almost him and Chris Silverwood are pretty much controlling this test side with their hands tied behind the back. Well, yeah, I mean, it's his, it's his career, it's his job. So, you know, so, so obviously he's going to be defined on these next, if, if these next two series don't go well, he could well, he could well leave the post. Isn't, there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, they, they are leading the side with their hands tied behind the back, but really they do need to use their influence to change that. I mean, Silverwood now, is the so-called head supreme or like a football manager in some respects. They wanted that they wanted that setup. They didn't want Ed Smith and that kind of national selector scenario anymore. They've got what they want in terms of the structure and where they want to organise things. So therefore they need to use their influence to make sure that we have a structure that is fit for purpose. Um, at the moment I can't see anything in the near future that's going to change that much because the 100 with the TV deals is set in stone to run over those four weeks between July and August. The counties see the T20 as a phenomenal cash cow. Um, you know, I, I just bought a ticket to go to the quarterfinal in Taunton to watch Lancashire. It cost me 42 quid. It's a sellout. So it's the massive cash cow for them. So reducing the... Yeah, he has to say what it cost him, didn't he? He has to you well, notice that. Yeah. Well, I, I said it because it's the amount of money that it generates for the county. So yeah. we're, in an all, we're almost in a kind of an existential crisis where we just have got no solutions to this going forward because it's all about money. I mean, we, we, can't, we can't have a national outcry. I mean, we're going to come to it. I mean, t- to be honest, I'm half hoping that England gets stuffed by India and gets stuffed by Australia because it might actually just wake people up because but I think that's going to happen potentially anyway. And Raj, um, for, a, for a country like England with such a, a rich tradition in Test cricket to effectively bookend it and almost ignore it, the Red Bull stuff, it's almost criminal, isn't it? It looks like, and you know, we also discussed it in the India-England India edition of our podcasts that, you know, Joe Root and his men are not getting the 11 they want because of uh, the England rotation policy and also, you know, Morgan being preferred more because of the white ball major tournaments coming ahead for England, where, you know, Morgan gets all his resources and, you know, Joe Root is left with uh, the little that he can do. Uh, it, It is definitely a little astonishing as to why England has not yet more putting more focus on their red ball game. You know, we all appreciate what Morgan and, uh, you know, the entire England setup has done after 2015 when it comes to their white ball side and how they have revolutionized the white ball game. But at the same time, you know, too much emphasis on white ball cricket, you know, has taken their red ball cricket a little backwards 
India, on the other hand, you know, has tremendous depth in both white ball and red ball cricket. And, you know, uh, the torchbearer of test cricket at the moment, you know, Virat Kohli, you know, has too much emphasis on red ball cricket. And he, he consistently talks about how important it is for India to compete at the highest level and which is test cricket, which is the my, of the game. My favourite thing about Virat, of many favourite things about Virat, and also a few things I uh, I moan about about Virat as well, but his... his uh, regular public outpourings about how important test cricket is he he's massively important as as you say a torchbearer for for the red bull side of things because when he speaks the icc extra listen don't they because everybody you know millions of people around the world see those comments let's round off then um raj just a quick quick question before we round off charles takuri who i thought was really good in the first test match i thought he came in and bowled a you know, really good tight line and length and probed away and, and caused problems shame to see him missing out was it hamstring injury with shardle it's uh, it's a shame that he's not going to be able to back that up with another test match absolutely it's it's going to be a big miss uh, because since you know we do not have that seam bowling all-rounder uh, hardik pandya was with the england side the last time around and you know he did well in overseas conditions so you know india were looking for some sort of a like for like for hardik where who could be the fourth seam bowling all rounder and you know could chip in with a few runs with the bat as well did perfectly well for the balance of the team with jadeja being uh, primarily their batter who could bowl a bit uh, so in that sense you know it would hurt india a bit but at the same time you know there was a lot of outcry before the first test started that you know how could you drop the world's best spinner at the moment and you know that again brings india back to normalcy where ravichandran ashwin could easily slot in for shardul's position and you know would remove some sort of a headache for selection where you know uh, ashwin would just walk in for shardul and india would go on with two spinners where uh, hopefully you know it would uh, the pitch would get drier towards the latter part of day 4 and day 5 where india could reap benefits but other than that i think that's the only change i see uh, unless and until you know Ishant is fully fit and comes back to normalcy, but I would still you know want as a as an Indian fan I would want India to give uh, Siraj one more test uh, ahead of Ishant even if Ishant is fit. Going to go around you twice um, with a quick question at the end of it. I want to try and keep this to about forty minutes max if possible, and we're going to run over today. But it's the first one, so who cares? Um, Paul Anderson has been in search. He says, should we try someone else to replace Sibley, Burns, and Lawrence? Um, it's a big question, Mark, but I want you to answer it quickly, if you can. Would you go elsewhere for, maybe not this next Test match, but would you go elsewhere for the third onwards? What, for all three of them? Up to you. It's, it's, um, I would certainly I would certainly not have Sibley in the side, because I don't think he's the class, got the class to be a Test batsman. He's had enough chances. I think Crawley needs to be taken out of the firing line. I think he's got a future in Test cricket. I think Burns, I would keep Burns in the side. How about you, Raj? I think I would keep Burns as well. And uh, even though, you know, Sibley, uh, like what Mark mentioned, you know, he, he struggled out there in the first test as well and, you know, showed tremendous amount of patience. So definitely I would give Sibley one more go. Neil? Uh, Burns stays. He's by far the best uh, England opener. Um, I'd keep Sibley at the moment because I wouldn't want too much change. Crawley out and... Whoever does best out of Duckett and Vince in tonight's game, considering that appears to be the new protocol for getting called up. Yeah, I always used to say, never pick anybody on white ball form, but there's no choice at the minute because there is no red ball form to speak of at all, is there? I, I personally, I'm really torn with all three of the ones mentioned. Sibley, there is massive 
positives about eating up bulls and staying in there and soaking up and tiring the legs of the bulls, getting the, the ball old. But then you also need to score runs at some stage, don't you? Burns has got a lot of fight about him. Um, Lawrence, I think, is one for the future, if not now, one for the future, certainly. Um, final question, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me today. Who wins the second test match at Lords, which starts tomorrow, Thursday, in England? Mark, how's it going to go? Um, India will win the test match. Raj? India to win the test match if one of Kohli, Rahane and Pujara get some runs. Neil? India. And um, my apologies to Jack Leach, who's uh, been done over by uh, by England by a long way. I, I feel sorry for both Jack and Dom, to be honest. Both of the spinners that have been called up into that first test squad who are suddenly leapfrogged by somebody being Jessensons in from the White Bull Arena seems... Confused thinking. I can see why they want Moen Ali because he he's, he has that all round um, quality to to uh, balance the side a little bit. But it does seem to be a little bit unfair on Don Bess, who's now travelling back to Yorkshire. And Jack Leach, who has looked particularly grumpy in squad photographs um, over the last twenty four <laughs> hours. I think India as well. I'm afraid I try and be as neutral as possible and uh, as uh, as fair as possible on these podcasts, despite being English. I think England are going to really struggle in this Test match at Lords, and uh, could quite easily see India moving on to the third Test match, one nil up in the series. Mark, Raj and Neil, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Hopefully out there, well, you continue to enjoy the audio podcast, which will continue to come out there. And you've enjoyed seeing us as well and our ugly faces as we've gone through this uh, live, this first live one, which seems to have gone at the moment without a hitch, but I've got to turn it off next. So I'm not going to speak too early. But thanks for joining us. Um, We're on every single day as we go through the England against India series. I think we do have a couple of days off between test matches at times just to recharge the batteries, but pretty much every single day all the way through to the end of the fifth test match. Hope you enjoy the cricket and we'll see you again. I can say see you now as well because we can see you again tomorrow. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.